Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kip and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall by three adult children and one dog owner. That's me. <laughs> As we do nearly every episode, we'll be reviewing another episode of The Kids in the Hall with unmissable segments like Our Socks and Towels Do for a Fashion Comeback <laughs> and yeah. Demon Decor, Three Hot Tips to Spice Up Your Spaces. <laughs> I'm Hans Seidemann from Prince Rupert, Canada, and I'm joined today by Trevor Record in Vancouver. Uh, you have me saying a sailing term here in the notes, but it's wrong, so I'm not going to say it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, Moral captain. abstention. <laughs> it's like tack 30 degrees of starboard. It's like, ah, oh, you don't even know what a tack is, you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, also joining us aboard the SS sinking ship today from Vancouver is Stuart Derek Kotick. I will tack 30 degrees to starboard because we're taking on water faster than I can bail. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. We've been floundering for a good season and a half now. Oh, well, maybe our savior (laughs) will be Kalina McCourtoff in London, England. Jora, save yourself. Save that sweet, sweet pup. (laughs) All right. Well, today we'll be reviewing episode 17 of season two, which aired on April 9th, 1991. So let's kick off with our sketch rundown, shall we? We've got... He's going to give away a thousand dollars, which is a rousing song from Mark about how Scott's going to give away a stack of greenbacks and a knuckle sandwich. Then we have (laughs) ticketing car where one of the cops is forced to give himself a ticket. Decorator demon in which Kevin mulls over whether he wants his living room to be a space for passively watching TV or doing battle with the dark forces. (laughs) Then we have the head crusher duels the face squisher. A challenger appears for some prime head crushing turf. Then there's the shortest tubes in New York where Bruce and Kevin talk about how small their dongs are. Oh my God. <laughs> I like that you by... guys find that funny and I don't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, it's... I don't find it funny either. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then we have the touch Paul Bellini contest Woo! winner. Paul Bellini flies to St. Petersburg, Florida to meet Rebecca Klatka and be touched by her with a small stick. (laughs) Then we have visiting grave of ticket recipient, another cop sketch that probably should have died on the cutting room floor, uh, followed by the governor and the hooker, where a governor can't get his groove back until the kindly hooker tells him a personal tale of woe. (laughs) I was different. And then... And then we have Good Fucking Ham, one of the most iconic kid sketches where Bobby goes on the run after challenging his old man over the quality of his mom's ham steak. (laughs) And then we have an outro sketch, a full outro sketch, a rare one, uh, Mm -hmm. Decorator Demon 2, uh, where we see the dynamic of the relationship between Paul and his new demon play out. Well, uh, let's start today's episode with a segment I'm calling Best of the Bobby. Bobby. This episode (laughs) has one of the all-time iconic Kids in the Hall sketches with good fucking ham. And I was surprised to notice that basically all of the Bobby sketches are in these first two seasons. We're pretty much finished them all now, or at least the ones that heavily feature Bobby. So I thought it would be a a good time to ask the question, what's the best Bobby sketch and what makes Bobby sketches so much fun? Hit me, Stu, what do you think? Good fucking ham is a better name, but before we did this episode, we called it Bob on the Run, which mm. really oh, Bob yeah. on the Run, <laughs> uh, which I think it's probably my favorite because there's so much to love about it. Okay, so first of all, 
Let's get some of the uh, the details out of the way. Bobby's dad is the dude who we saw in an earlier sketch who like works at a shipping company. Yeah, or something. some sort of he's trucking thing. Yeah, the, yeah, he's the like shipping via trucks. <laughs> yeah, and just like I that puffy beige vest. Do you think it's because it's the same character, or they're just like we have three outer layer costumes and you know it's gotta be the same character no no, that's 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 trucker dad for sure (laughs) okay the next detail thing is i hate that they show the ham steak but it's not fried like they explicitly (laughs) say and it's like pre-cut like spam it looks (laughs) terrible that makes me really angry all all right Props okay. department from 30 years ago Stu's put you on notice you're on blast now <laughs> taking it to twitter okay spending so spending all their time and money on expensive vases i guess I not know. dealing with the ham steaks <laughs> so bobby uh i think bobby is great because the sketches rely on this weird tension between making fun of how tropey the like rejecting status quo thing can be like these anti-heroes that we love and often hold up when we're younger or rebellious are often really juvenile and reactive and self-important. They're just petulant children, basically. They're petulant children. Yeah. And, but so many people worship them, you know, the, the rebel without a cause kind of mentality. But having said that, it's not just an evisceration like Dave used to do in season one, where you're like, look at these fucking idiots having feelings. There's a mm. little bit of affection towards it, you know? Like, Bruce was the young drunk punk. I really get that vibe. It's a very loving send-up, but, like, without love. Like... <laughs> I actually kind of assume that semi-dry mockery is the only way Bruce is capable of showing affection. And so I think in that way, this is the most affection that he has. Uh, (laughs) I also think this episode is real good because it's so great that the rebellious catalyst that causes the family conflict, like violent conflict, is that Bobby has to swear because the ham is just so fucking good. It's juicy. It's flavorful. It's well prepared. It is delightful that that's the, the, the... Hill he's gonna die on the stand he has to <laughs> is, take is like is that, no this ham is fucking good yeah. mom needs to know and like that's why he has to tear down the existent nuclear family is because <laughs> the ham's just so good and I also think like not only is that funny it keeps the scene lighter because if it was yeah. some legitimate conflict that's a little upsetting to some people <laughs> like that would make me feel probably kind of uncomfortable Mm. Not that it's about comfort necessarily, but I think it's funnier when it's something so absurd as opposed to something that like most people have had scary conflict in their past. Yeah. And it's been like when you're in it and a teenager and all hormoned up, it's kind of <laughs> overwhelming and terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, one more throwaway detail because I am a Canadian rock dork. I am convinced they dress... When he goes to see Bauer's apartment in Toronto, Bauer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced they dress Dave Foley up to look like Chris Murphy from Sloan, who is the bassist and one of the principal songwriters. Because it's like he has the same glasses. They give him the wig. And I'm like, I so hope that is an Easter egg that they threw in there. Stu, I'm absolutely sense. on board with you on that one. I, yes. I, thought, I thought the I, same thing. Yeah. I am not sure if I'm on board. Sloan, I didn't get big until a little bit later, I think. But their, their EP came out in 1989, and they would have released... In 1991, they would have released Smeared, which is their mm. first big album. I think, so it's I, think it's, I think it's in the realm of possibility, yeah, because okay. the image is spitting. And there's a couple of other spots where I feel like they tried to copy uh, other kind of rock icons and things like that for style. But Kalina, what are your thoughts on the Bobbies? And is this the best or do others rank ahead? So I think Stu's touched on most of the things that make a good Bobby recipe palatable, if not fucking good. Um, <laughs> like there's a lot of... Um, things about this that 
Like, I get what you're saying, Stu, that it has to be about something really ridiculous to kind of ease off the tension of the of the family uh, tr- tension or trauma, as it were. Yeah. But I think that's just like, there's something about that. It's like, it's like suburbia, your mom's kind of uptight, your dad's like a self-made man, but he's kind of an asshole that just, all of those things tick the boxes of like suburban North America that anyone who is sort of like late teens early 20s would have totally loved and they would love making fun of it you know these are both kids that are super cool that you want to emulate but you also can have a fucking laugh at them because we all know we're losers in the end um (laughs) but i reject your microwave life (laughs) um but as for favorite i mean i do love this one even just like little uh details where you know, he has to puke, but he has to puke on the B side of the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, not yeah. that side. Oh, you can puke on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it is good, but, you know, I got to go for the original flavor, not of ham, but Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that is, that's pure Bobby. It's him and his garage alone thinking he's a badass and literally, you know, like we've been saying, sort of channeling everything that disillusioned Canadian suburban life has to offer. Um, the other one's sort of like a world-building part of Bobby, and it's, you know, it's it's amazing, but you just got to appreciate beating the devil himself with a wah-wah pedal. <laughs> uh, Bobby versus Satan is probably the most distilled version of Bobby, sure. But I, I the, something I want to talk about with this sketch that I really love is I 100% remember, like, events from parties that were bad as a teenager that were exactly like this party. Oh, absolutely. You know, when people are kind of, like, all up in, like, their own little drama, and they're like, this is a profound party. I want to make an announcement. (laughs) I've got a a thing that I've decided, and... This party is going to be our last party before I'm a changed person because of this <laughs> yeah. thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> one, like, one more bit on that. I love that they're like, um, we said this would be a gathering and not, not a party. <laughs> so one of us has to Someone leave. Has so to they, leave. they make one of the roommates stand outside the door the entire... Like, it could have been one of the people there to hang out, to go home. Oh, like, you no, think no. it was a roommate? Yeah, because he's waiting outside. <laughs> I thought he was just waiting outside hoping someone yeah, would leave so that he could go back in. Oh, I got the impression that it was like they kicked out one of the roommates because they're like, nah, everybody else would have to go. No, home. I think you, they just kicked just... out the dorkiest guy in the room, but uh, we'll anyways. never know. We'll never know. <laughs> but Trevor, continue. Oh, I mean, I think that was just about it. Like, you, you guys have been to that party where someone oh, and everyone yeah. is just partying and very drunk. And then you just have to sort of go along with the person that has a big announcement. And the announcement is dumb and pointless. That line oh. from that uh, bit is perfect, too, where he's like, let's make this night a, a night to remember. And then they're like, and yeah. We have to get really, really drunk. But not so much that we don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I also love when they're playing quarters and it misses and he's like, close enough. And <laughs> yeah. <he> just, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So for my money, I think I will give my favorite Bobby sketch to this one, edging out uh, Bobby versus Satan. You know, we haven't really talked about it too, but there, there another good one is the Bobby defending rock against uh, Dave Foley's jazz, which rock. is another good uh, <laughs> Bobby bit, right? But that one's that one's a little bit more like relies on Dave, and Dave is, I think, the cause of the humor there. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you guys, though, that the Bobby versus Satan is the most distilled Bobby because it really is just like pure Bobby. And, but I think this is a better Bobby sketch because it's like 
it tells a fuller story. There's like better supporting roles better all around. There's better punchlines too, because it's like the it was good fucking ham. Um, I know Bob. <laughs> well, and speaking of good punchlines, when Mark punches Bobby and then just goes, ah, I'm in the garage. <laughs> like, and then Dave is the mom. Well. Look now, Bob. Now your dad's in the garage. What do you have to say about that? He's like, yeah, he got punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's just all the, you know, all the supporting roles really like tell tell a better story. I think in this one. I but, know, uh, but still, poor Lyle, who has to wait outside. <laughs> poor Lyle, and guys. Let's let's pour one out for Lyle. Lyle, Lyle. Sorry that sorry that you can't go to the gathering, bud. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This episode also has the thrilling conclusion to the Touch Paul Bellini contest, where Paul flew to St. Petersburg, Florida, to be touched by the contest winner, Rebecca Klatka. I think we all agree that the contest is one of our favorite bits ever from the show, and so I definitely wanted to talk about the sketch. And I thought that rather than just have the four of us talk about how much we love it, who better to talk to about it than Rebecca Klatka herself? What? <laughs> well, through the magic of 21st century surveillance state, we were able to track down Rebecca, and she joins us now to talk about the experience. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, it's Rebecca. <laughs> not, not Klatka anymore, but in a previous oh. life, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, I will not say your new last name because uh, you've already, uh, I'm sure, had plenty of people beating down your door back when it was still Klatka. But I will admit <laughs> it made it difficult to track you down. So uh, so I can see why you may have changed it. Well, it was a marriage thing. <laughs> yes. It was yeah. marriage. That was my married, my prior married name. I have a different married name, a different maiden name. Go by a lot of names. But oh. <laughs> just go by Rebecca, like Cher or Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> not a wit not a witness protection thing <laughs> yes, and for yes, the people exactly. at home the last name is not bellini so you know <laughs> you can you can put those theories to bed so just out of curiosity rebecca were you getting a lot of phone calls back when you were on the te- uh, on the show oh my goodness you wouldn't believe it uh the hbo would air it at all times of night and day and every time it came on, people would go to the phone book and look up Klatka in St. Petersburg <laughs> and call my phone. So one o'clock in the morning, the episode would come on. <laughs> the minute it aired, they would look it up, call the phone number. And my husband at the time would answer the phone and they would say, hello, is Rebecca there? <laughs> and he would say yes. <laughs> and they would say did she touch Paul Bellini? And he would say, <laughs> yes. And they would hang up. <laughs> they would hang up. <laughs> so it was pretty hilarious. How many but years did that last for? It went on for a very long time. A very long time. Um, it could, because, it, because obviously the rights were owned by HBO and they would show it over the course of years. I mean, it, it sometimes became later and later at night. <laughs> that it would air, but um, <laughs> and the the funny part is that um, when I when I won the contest, it, it came on late at night, and uh, I I actually had a comedy act with a woman, and she was at my house, and my husband was there, and my son who was four at the time, and I kept calling the number over and over and over again, and it would ring busy and busy and busy, and. My friend finally went home. It was 1230, quarter to one, and she hit the road. And I just kept dialing the number. 
And suddenly somebody answered the phone. Like I called someone personally. Oh said, Hello. That's how they answered the phone. Hello. And I'm like, <laughs> hello. I said, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. That's what I said, is this, did I win? <laughs> and they said, yes. <laughs> like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. Kind of anticlimactic in a weird way, but they, they <laughs> got my contact details. And of course, I assumed the, the entire cast would come to me. I don't know why, or they would fly <laughs> me to Canada. I don't know what I thought would happen. But they actually said, you know, uh, explained to me a few days later that they were going to send the uh, producer, Joe Forrestal, and two of the writers, Paul Bellini, of course, so I could touch him, and <laughs> Norm, Norm his cock. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Wait, his his what? Norm Hitchcock. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Norm his cock? His cock. Sorry, Norm Rebecca. Hitchcock. I thought you had been very rude and said Norm his cock. I, I heard was that like, too. Like, <laughs> that's, that's exactly how. It. I was wondering if it was a stunt double or something. But no, no, boom, Hans, that's the name of Paul Bellini's penis. You know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was very exciting, and and when they came. Uh, Joe Forrestal had fallen at Lauren Michaels' house and had stitches in his head, so we called him Zipperhead the whole time. And, <laughs> and Paul Bellini loved disco. He had two older sisters, and we took all of them to a, a club in Tampa and went to see Casey and the Sunshine Band, which were old bands. Oh, oh, that's a while. <laughs> and we, we stayed up most of the night partying, and then the next day had to do the filming. <laughs> so that was pretty crazy. Oh, so, so you, you met them all the day before the, the shoot? Yes. They came, yes, they came to my house the day before the shoot to talk about what we were going to do, and then we all went to the club and danced our little legs <laughs> off, yeah. Paul, Paul oh, Bellini yes. brought his sisters? No, no. He just loved disco because he had older sisters that loved disco. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> that was an excuse to go see Casey in the Sunshine Band. But it was hilarious. <laughs> and and my, my, I had a, my comedy partner and I had a public access television show, so we played it in the background, and we looked like, Female, female impersonators. <laughs> we kept playing our show like they're going to see how clever we are. But we were so mad because they played the women on the show as well as the men. So there was no role for us yes. to play on their show other than to win the contest. But, but it was fabulous. Amazing. It was hilarious and fabulous. And I, talk, I still talk about it to this day. People hunt me down. I mean, they really do. As, as we do. Who would do that? <laughs> well, you. <laughs> you people. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a man, you know, men, a lot of men. Why men? I don't know. Uh, I look pretty good, though, in the video. I watched. It I was going to say, Rebecca, you were, uh, you were an attractive lady back in 1991. So yes. I, can, uh, I can see why, you know, eligible <laughs> bachelors these days would be trying to track you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well. It was exciting, <laughs> and and uh, and I, I I was a performer, and so all my performer friends were jealous, and yeah, you know, it's just yeah. something to talk about the kids and all. And we loved the show. 
we literally loved, it was so creative and unique and we ha- I laughed and cried at episodes of the kids in the hall <laughs> like they were my personal friends I mean we loved the show oh. I went I went to their tour they came to Tampa and I took my ex-husband at the time my son who was a teenager by that time and my comedy partner Ramona and we went to um see them and we tried to get backstage only Kevin saw us <laughs> and he came out and my, ex, <laughs> my ex-husband ran up and kissed him on the lips he goes you're my favorite <laughs> it was hilarious I'm sure Kevin absolutely loved that yes I did. Uh... we we laughed and laughed and of course I kept I told everybody I won the Touch Pablini content. Like, don't you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Have you not seen these hands? (laughs) But that was pretty cool, too. You know. So, your son's favorite is Kevin. Which one's your favorite of the kids? Uh, uh, You know, I I loved them all. I I really did love them all. (laughs) I, I couldn't say one over the other, quite honestly, because I thought they were fabulous. I mean, I did their humor. Everything was so in that time period, they were they were better than anything else we watched. And we watched a lot. I had a comedy act, so I watched a lot of comedy. (laughs) And and it was just so unique. And I just we wanted to have something like that. So uh, my comedy act was called The R Girls. I had TV shows in Tampa and St. Pete called The R Girls on TV and The R Girls Come Clean with the R Girls. The R Girls on everything was R Girl related Aww. because <laughs> I'm Rebecca and my partner was Ramona. And uh, uh, of course. Yeah, hence the R Girls. Yeah, and we really are girls. So <laughs> Did you ever find out, Rebecca, who was at the other end of the line? The person was very low-key. They're like, yeah, you won. <laughs> like, I did. <laughs> I wonder if it was just Paul Bellini's telephone number, and and the reason you had to dial so late was because he just wasn't home or something. <laughs> I have no idea. They, they showed a panel on the show. They yeah. showed a panel of them sitting there waiting for the phone to ring, and I didn't really... I didn't know because, of course, we only saw the U- saw the U.S. version of it. I didn't know they had a Canadian winner as well until later. And, oh! But I just kept clicking. You know, it's like any other content. I just kept clicking dial dial again, dial again, <laughs> over and over. And literally, we did it for an hour and a half before someone answered. And doggone it, if I didn't win, it was really. <laughs> Fucking awesome! <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you said there was a Canadian winner as well. Did they just not air that person, or they just chose to cut them completely in favor of Florida? Well, I what happened was in I guess episodes they showed in Canada they showed the Canadian winner, and in episodes that came to HBO or the United States they showed me because they they didn't on the ones that we saw there wasn't a canadian winner there wasn't any episode that showed that in the u.s so that's a funny piece of trivia because we're watching it again on cbc.ca like they're they're hosting all the episodes through cbc and we saw you like even the canadian ones recognize that you are the true (laughs) paul bellini toucher thank you (laughs) (laughs) 
and literally I touched him with a wooden but fork. But it's funny. I I don't remember. I don't remember it like no. a, a Canadian Anyone from else? the original days or anything like that. We this we may have to do some. Yeah. Uh, you may have blown this thing wide open. Someone get Bellini on the I'm, phone. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so Rebecca, you just mentioned the stick. Was that your stick or did they give it to you? And whose idea was that? Um, actually it was mine, but, um, I was wearing, <laughs> I was wearing my friend who peeks out the window. That's my comedy partner, Ramona. She lent me the bathrobe and we were, <gasps> we were trying to figure out if I was just going to poke him like the Pillsbury Doughboy, you know, if I was going to poke him in the belly or what the touching would incur. <laughs> and yeah. as, uh, we, I had like wooden spoons and a wooden fork in a <laughs> container on the kitchen counter. And I said, how about if I poke him with this? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> that was <the> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I'm not literally going to touch the man, you know, but it was pretty, pretty hilarious. And, and it was like a one, a one shot wonder. I mean, obviously I didn't see the other parts where they taped him, you know, on the flight and opening up the suitcase with the towel, <laughs> which was hilarious. Yeah. But, drove down my street they filmed that and and you know me coming out the front door but let's get into some substantive stuff what does paul bellini feel like what's the texture of a paul bellini well the paul bellini <laughs> is uh, very he's actually he was the most quiet of the three he's very quiet but uh, a very nice yeah. man and uh, and literally we danced our hearts away the night before to casey and the sunshine band but he had a blast that was it was so cool that Casey and the Sunshine Band were in town because when, when we said we could go to that, he went insane and we just drove right there and went to the show. So that was really cool. Oh and we God. were right up front. Yeah, we pushed our way up front and danced. And, and, um, and again, I had to leave the concert <laughs> to take Joe Forrestal home or back to the hotel because... <laughs> His head hurt from his zipper, his his injury, <laughs> his zipper head accident. And I had to drive him all the way back and then go back to the club and pick everybody up. Like I was a designated driver, and uh, oh my god, got everybody, you know, back to the hotel, and then um, the next day they came kind of early, <laughs> being out partying all night, and uh, we we did the taping. So during the taping, was it was it all pretty businesslike, or like did anyone at any point acknowledge just how surreal it was that they were showing up at your house to <laughs> like film this weird thing? Well, you know, people driving by would go slow and look. <laughs> Other than that, it was a pretty quiet <laughs> neighborhood, you know, pretty unassuming neighborhood, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, my husband and I were the freaks of the neighborhood. We had parties all the time, and you know we had a lot of show, show business friends, and they'd you know sing loud, and you know we just had a raucous good time in the '90s. But um, yeah, it, I don't know. Actually, uh, I think Norm ran the camera, and Joe directed it, and. and uh, Paul and I just acted it out, but we just, we just had a blast. You know, I mean, <laughs> they, they came to my house. I had coffee and donuts. <laughs> you know, so, like, this is so great. 
Rebecca, so on the filming day, was Paul in his towel and socks the entire time? Or did he show up like a normal person and get changed and things? Or or was he just spending the entire morning shooting just in his socks and towel? I believe it was all an all socks and towel day for him because <laughs> they filmed him. They filmed him driving down my street. So they filmed him in the car and, and then out the window so you could see the houses roll by. And then when he stepped out of the car, I mean, they, they came in and talked to me first. And then they said, well, he's going to step out of the car and walk up to the door. And I'm like, okay. And that's, he just sat in the car. <laughs> <they started> filming. <laughs> and he got stepped out. He was Excellent. in his box and towel. <laughs> and that was it. And he came in and sat down and, you know, drank the coffee and ate the donut. There's a question we've all been wondering. What is under the towel? <laughs> So that is a curiosity. <laughs> and now I cannot answer that question. I could make something up. <laughs> no, Kalina. Kalina we, hey, it's, it's Norm. It's, it's Norm. Norm. His cock. When he opens that suitcase, there's no boxers. I assume it's just towel and then Bellini. It's Norm. It's no, it's, it's Norm. towels all the way down. There's just smaller towels. <laughs> he's, got a little, he's got a little hand towel. I did not see evidence of yeah. anything other than the towel. <laughs> Amazing. We're, this is the podcast where we get the, the, the answers to the, the tough questions. questions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have those answers, unfortunately. <laughs> I should have I should have asked more questions, but I was just so thrilled they were there. <laughs> that did not come oh. to mind, you know, my husband was present. I don't know. I just I just was modest about the whole thing. Yeah. No one no one wants to know what was under my robe, right? <laughs> well that, that <laughs> we're, we're trying to have a modicum of decorum. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard our podcast, Rebecca. We're trying to be respectful of our guests oh, more so like, than we would be chill. to each other, for sure. Hans had to brief us before we got you on the line. He was like, everyone, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> well, I, I after I listened to your podcast, I thought, oh, my God, they're, they're either drunk or have a hangover. And unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not experiencing either right now. So, damn it. I want to get oh, no. I want to hear a little bit more about your comedy, though, because you, you've mentioned several times you've you've name dropped your partner. Uh, I, and you say you've toured quite a bit. Are you are you still in the comedy game? Do you have any shows you can plug? Uh, no, damn it, I, I don't. But, but um, my comedy par partner and I, uh, of course, we were Rebecca and Ramona. Actually, Ramona yeah. and Rebecca the spelling her name came first and uh, we were the R girls and we performed like you said we had public access television shows that took us all around <laughs> we went to San Francisco and New York our show appeared on channels um, in New York and San Francisco and Tampa and Pittsburgh our hometown and so um, oh, cool. But it was kind of a drag act, oh, a f and we would tell people we were female, female impersonators. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it was just, it was clean and wholesome comedy. <laughs> it's so funny that you had an act that was drag and females doing drag, and that of all the people to call in repeatedly to get on the show, that you were the one. It's such, it's such a perfect fit for the, the, the kids and, and their comedy. Ideal. <laughs> And and we talked to them about it, you know, quite a bit. I, I guess 
I don't know what we thought would happen. Like they would be like, oh yeah, you should appear on our show (laughs) other than be poking poking Paul Bellini. (laughs) But uh, that of course did not happen. But but it was... I felt like they were our contemporaries. You know, we were we were on the same wavelength as far as comedy went. And so our appreciation of their... Con- oh, they didn't sit down and watch episodes of my television show. But <laughs> having watched so much of them and just literally loved them, loved their comedy Aww. and, uh, you know, and some of it was not hilariously funny. Some of it was actually touching which was even more overwhelming. <laughs> and they played damn fine women. They just, they're damn women. They did. They were awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, and I can't condemn them for stealing uh, the thunder of actual women who could have been on their show. But, uh, but being, uh, and, and having an act where we were female, females that looked like drag queens, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> it just, that was interesting as well because we all we got a lot of unusual like at first when we perform we I, I it wasn't the club that we took them to to see Casey and the Sunshine Band but we my partner and I were asked to perform at a nightclub and we went there and they loved us inside the club but when the door boy opened the door to let us out he decided to uh, I guess he thought we were men in drag and he decided to let us know what he thought of us. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my comedy, my Ramona touched him on the arm and said, nobody talks to the R girls like that. And I thought he (laughs) (laughs) When she put her hand on his arm, I thought he was a big, muscular man, and I thought he was going to death. (laughs) And I'm a very tall woman. I'm a very tall woman. I'm six feet tall, so... You know, I, I don't want, I mean, if somebody's going to think I'm a man, I'm, I'm, I told her, I said, I will pull my skirt over my head. I bore children (laughs) 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 for him to be afraid of here. But, but we we called the club after we left to complain and they said, you can come in for lunch one day. And I'm like, I'm not walking past that guy again. He threatened to harm us, you know, but after that, yeah, no our, our show aired, our, our little public access TV show aired, and everywhere we went to perform after that, at, at least like, several, uh, like, you know, three, four, several people would recognize us from the TV show. And then we didn't have any problems after that. It wasn't such a stigma of awesome. perhaps we're men. I mean, I'm sure people still were confused about that, but we, we were <laughs> accepted. You know, is there anywhere we can find recordings of the R girls? Is have you uploaded anything to YouTube? Oh my God! If I told you that, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm it kidding. sounds like we have another mystery we need to solve, gang. <laughs> it is. It is a mystery, but I I, I do. <laughs> my friends have have uploaded stuff from our TV shows and. <sighs> Friends that we worked with that worked in the public access industry um, have all the copies of our tapes on those big reels that they used in the studios. And we've been trying to get um, copies of them in uh, a different format. And they they will occasionally air them. And it's like, oh, that's ours. You know, we need copies of all of it. So we've, we've done... 30 episodes of television that were hilarious. We had call-in shows that 
were insane. But they had plants that would call in and talk to us. <laughs> Sometimes my, my husband at the time <laughs> did a lot of phone calling to our show, but then other people would call in and say crazy things, you know, and we were, um, but it was just so much fun to do. And, you know, the nineties, what can I tell you? <laughs> Maybe you need to have a contest so that we can get some of, uh, Rebecca, former Klatka's recordings of the R girls. While I'm on the topic, though, uh, Rebecca, did you guys ever do a episode called Confessional Gifts for the Holidays by any chance? Uh, just curious uh, if uh, this thing that I've found is accurate or, or uh, authentic or not. No. <laughs> I will say this, Rebecca, you're likely going to be pretty safe with people not finding uh, your work online because when I search, for instance, as I did just now, our girls uh, video, it, it, for whatever reason, comes up with a lot of R. Kelly links. You're probably safe, She's thankfully. Safe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Great segue there because we should probably let you get going you have an important life being a famous former art girl and things like that <laughs> but i wanted to know you so diplomatically uh abstained from the best kid question do you have a favorite sketch oh, um <laughs> one that comes to mind is when bruce sang about the fucking awesome ham yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that was pretty that was a pretty great number <laughs> We're recording that episode today. That, Rebecca, are you aware that that was on the same episode as your Touching Paul Bellini? No. No, I don't remember. I'll be honest with It is. Good, good fucking ham <laughs> is, is in the same episode as the Touch Paul Bellini oh, contest winner. We just did talk about that in depth before uh, calling oh, well, you. So. That was awesome. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> And, uh, and I, you know, and I liked, I liked my episode when Mark went up to <laughs> the figure of the suit, <laughs> of the tuxedo, and <laughs> yeah. talk about me. I thought that was pretty clever. I don't know why. <laughs> Some of you remember on an episode a little while ago that I got up and, and talked in front of a tuxedo. In fact, that one right over there. And then he just gets up and walks over to it and, and keeps talking. Hilarious. Uh, I love Hilarious. It. But I, I just all of it. I loved uh, I, I love Scott as the hooker. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Hooker. Now, which hooker? Are you thinking of the one where he gets married and settles down, but he's constantly on the clock? Or just his general <laughs> hooker vibe when he's a hooker character? Uh, all of the above. All of the, like I said. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when they played women, I was envious because they were so good at it. Yeah. I am so thrilled, Rebecca, to have to find out that the, the winner of the Touch Bobolini contest so perfectly fit into the whole vibe <laughs> and ethos of of the kids in the hall. It's it, if it had, if you had just been some random lady from Florida who was like, oh yeah, I saw the number on the screen and I called. It wouldn't have been anywhere near as as much fun to chat with you about uh, about your experience and and uh, and your performing history and everything too. It's, uh, so I'm I'm so thrilled that uh, that's Thank the case. You. 
Um, before we let you go, is there is there anything else you wanted to uh, to mention or uh, or uh, or plug or anything anything? You this is you, your moment to speak to our our massive podcast following. We have literally literally tens of of listeners. So fabulous. Uh... Well, I wanted to say thank you. I mean, you located me. Obviously, I'm not that hard to find. <laughs> I'm not trying to hide from my from my um fam- my famous portion of my life, but. Um, but I do, it was, it was a real uh, jolt for me for someone to reach out to me so that I could talk about it. It's been obviously a long time uh, since that happened. (laughs) So thank you for that. That's been a ton of fun. And you're right. I I felt like, um, I felt like we fit in. We adored the show. It wasn't some (laughs) random person that never saw it or just was up late one night and (laughs) caught something but that we adored that show. I'm so glad I kept pressing the button and the experience was unique and everybody was kind and, and I would have preferred to meet the entire cast. They could have come to my house. (laughs) 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 That wasn't the contest, Rebecca. (laughs) No, but anyway, but I, I thank you so much for letting me talk about it and about my personal business because it was really it was really oh. big for me at the time and, and still is. Thank you again. Oh, believe me, Rebecca, when I say, on, on, you know, that the pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much for, uh, for getting on the phone with us and telling us all about it. That was a, an absolute Anytime. thrill. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Bye. 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 Well, that was awesome. Huge thanks again to Rebecca for coming on the show. Speaking of great people, who are all of your best kids of this week? Kalina, why don't you start us off? Okay, so I almost gave this to Dave for being the governor's hooker. (laughs) It was so good. It was just so, it was a a good pairing (laughs) as usual. But I really hated his decorator demon rendition. It was so annoying. And the only thing that scares that carries that sketch, um, rather, is is Scott. Inclined to agree. There, yeah. There's something that what is he? He has that line where he's like, "Yeah, like battle with the dark forces." And I can like see in my head when he turns his wrist and does a sort of like weird Spider Man thrust with his hand. Yeah, <laughs> he, he does like he does like this kind of kung fu pose yeah. and like. Yeah, this like decorator limp wristed kung fu. Which, pose which for such thing. an annoying <laughs> sketch for me, for that to stick in my head, I'm like, ah, he did pretty good in that, and he's also a main player in the gonna give away a thousand dollars open. So that's a good tune. So Scott gets my vote this time. Fair enough, Trevor. How about you? You know, I, I was gonna give it to Mark, but I think I've decided to change my mind, and it's going to Paul Bellini and Rebecca, not Klatka, just Rebecca Lake Share. Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Lake Share. Yeah, Stu. How about you? I would let Scott Thompson punch me in the head for a thousand dollars, and not even nineteen ninety one dollars. Bullshit. Two thousand nineteen dollars. Inflation, <laughs> which is shit. basically monopoly money at this point. I know. I know it's not a surprise, but like, I just thought it was really important. I tell you that. Uh, I also love Scott Thompson's sheep pants in that opener and how he walks in all bow-legged. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Kalina mentioned it. The panache of that interior decorator with that <laughs> shitty-ass ponytail is just uh. Uh, it's beautiful. I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. I, it, Scott was solid in the... But he was, he was only in really those two sketches. So he, didn't, he wasn't very prominent. This was a bit of a weird one because people were either kind of coasting and not really in all that much or they had real highs and real low. Like Dave mm-hmm. was really good in... In his uh, in his mom's sketch, and also as the hooker, his like kind of his kind of lilting voice as the hooker, like the <laughs> empty-headed hooker yeah. voice, was so perfect. Oh um, yeah. 
and you know he was okay as the demon decorator but you're right that sketch kind of dragged and and scott was by far the best part of it but no trevor you're right i was i was all set to give this over to dave but after talking to rebecca i have to give it to rebecca klatka uh, or as you say now just Re- rebecca like <laughs> just rebecca. um i'm uh. i'm so thrilled we were able to get her on and uh yeah hearing all the background of that story makes it even better so rebecca best kid yeah. of the week <laughs> she she couldn't get on the show you know as a permanent character but uh she does manage to get on our show as kid of the week so Woo-hoo. that's got to that counts for something um <laughs> All right, and finally, before we go, uh, this episode had some real highs and lows, I think. So let's choose our standout sketch and worst sketch of the episode with a rating out of five. Trevor, why don't you start us off? So I, what could I give honorable mention to? He's going to give away $1,000. It had a good economy of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it four out of five. Ooh. Nice. Any worst sketch of the week? Uh, no, no, they were all very good, actually. Even I was okay with the cops. Hard opinion, Trevor. Oof. All right, Stu, what do you think? I was surprised how much I liked the governor sketch. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, Dave is so good as that character. And like, yeah, the, yeah like the wandering, <laughs> meandering storytelling is so good. And so like, it's like a really sweet, just the voice. Also, I love that the, I can't remember what the magazine was called, but Dave's reading interior decorator demon on the cover of whatever magazine it is <laughs> while waiting for the, the governor to come out. I love that Kevin comes I out. I that. With a glass of milk that is just overflowing, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. milk. <laughs> that, um, that, you just like that because you fucking love milk. <laughs> he's like, I got the trots, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, boy. The sex photo montage is great with her, like, playing hockey and are yes. dressed up in the canoe and stuff. But I think it's probably got to be Bob on the Run. It's got a song. Mm. It's got a send-up of naive, self-righteous teenage rebellion. It's got a sloppy makeout with Laura. Four out of five would uselessly rebel against microwave life again. I just like that you're, the things that you liked are milk. Yep. <laughs> and making out with your lady. <laughs> yeah. Look, someone has to represent the interests of the people here, Kalina. You're real populist. That, you're real populist. That is, that is real on brand, too. Oh, yeah. amazing. The worst is is cops. Those are, those are some real weak cops. Oh, those are some so oh, bad cops. Right. They were... Who's driving the car when he gives himself a ticket? I don't get that. Uh, no, it's getting like towed or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, that makes dumb. sense. Because I was like, what? <laughs> it's <Okay>. dumb. <laughs> All right, Kalina, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to join Trevor here. Love giving away $1,000. And if anyone disagree, somebody's going to get a punch in the head. <laughs> Who do you think is going to get a punch in the head? And yeah, Rebecca Klatka and Touch Bobolini are in their own amazing category that can never be ranked. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I gotta join Stu here. It's gotta be good fucking ham. Not my top Bobby sketch, but the margin for favorite is super slim. So four out of five runaway skids. Fair enough. Oh yeah. For my money, it's this is a, such a tough one because there are what I would consider three... Well, two iconic, iconic oh. sketches uh, in in the Touch Paul Blini contest winner and also in Good Fucking Ham. But also the Head Crusher duels the Face Squisher, I thought was like a really good kind of return for Head Crusher and reminded me why I used to love him so much as a, as a kid. Like I thought the dynamic of that sketch worked really well. So there's three really, really solid sketches. In the end, I give it also to Bob on the Run, Good Fucking Ham, just because it has a little bit of everything and is so delightful. 
Um, and yeah, it's one of the best of all times. So I give it a full five uh, oceans to live in out of five. Nice. You don't know anyone in the ocean, Hans. <laughs> I love that he. I love that he points to the ocean. His mom says, "You don't know anyone in the ocean, Bob." And then he just runs out with the globe, like like he's just gonna pick again or something. And then eventually know. he's like, "Right, I have a friend in the in city." Toronto. But he points to it on the globe, like, and he's like, like he "Right, it. Bowers Place." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our episode 17 review. Join us next week for episode 18, which will be hosted by Trevor. In the meantime, make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter at at Kip and Tell Pod or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kip and Tell. Weigh in on your favorite sketches or segments of our show and enjoy some delightful gifts. Thanks again for listening to Kip and Tell. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.